Sports Squad with Io and Chanel. Hello and welcome to Sports Squad here on Fun Kids. I'm Io and with me is Chanel. Chanel, what have you been up to this weekend? It's been a scorcher, hasn't it? Yeah, um, I love dancing, so I've signed up to some online contemporary dance classes. Hip-hop, jazz, amazing how fit you can get through dancing. And I'm going to try ballroom, so I might get on Strictly before you. Oh, no, mate, you know, you've not seen my cha-cha-cha. We'll see about that. Always active. Do you know, I've, I've been playing a bit of tennis this weekend. It's been quite nice. Um, I thought I'd practice my tennis skills and think I'm like a young Roger Federer on court whilst doing my hips don't lie cha-cha-cha as well. That's how good a sportsman I am. Anyway, moving on swiftly, coming up on the show, we've got World of Sports News and we've also got a guest. Let's just say you wouldn't have messed with him at school. Sports Squad with Io and Chanel. So today's guest was inspired to start his sporting career after watching the Rocky movie about a boxer who conquered the world against all odds. Life imitating art, really, because our guest went on to do just that. He's the four-time world super middleweight champion from Nottingham. Let's get ready to rumble! Carl Frotch, welcome to Sports Squad. Wow, what an introduction. Absolutely loved it. I think you dragged on a little bit longer with a rumble there, but you've obviously got a good set of lungs on you, so I'll give you that one. Michael Buffer, I mean, that's some announcement to try and take off. But great to be on. Thanks for having me on. Let's talk about how you got started. Your dad took you to a boxing gym, is that right? Yeah, he took me and my older brother Lee. So we both walked into that gym at eight and ten years old. So I was eight and uh, my older brother couldn't get a license to box because he's so short-sighted in one of his eyes. So he was devastated. And when I was, as soon as I was 10, I went for my medical and um, I was able to box and compete. I started competing at 10 years old. And um, you mentioned about me not getting picked on at school, but to be honest, I was so small and skinny, even right up until when I was 15, 16, when I left school and then went to college, I, I was really small. I shot up to six foot when I was about 18, 19. I had a real late growth spurt. Hey. But um, no, I was I was getting involved in a, a couple of little scraps and scuffles at school. But I was always very good with my with my mouth. I was able to talk my way out of any any trouble. But I mentioned my big brother earlier, and he was he's two years older than me. So when you've got a big brother and a couple of years above you, mm-hmm. a lot of people they think, oh, I'm not going to mess with Carl Frotch because his big brother he's got his a big, big brother beat me down. So yeah, <laughs> I, had, I had a bit of protection when I was at school. I love that. Um, now, I guess there's, there's a commonality with a lot of boxers coming from, I guess, uh, relatively rough estates, poor backgrounds. Was that your story? Is your story slightly different? No, I didn't really have a rough upbringing as, as such. Um, I grew up in Colic in Nottingham, which is quite a nice place. The school I went to was quite nice, but we was quite rough kids anyway in the 80s is growing up. It was different back then. You know, yeah. the rules were different. Like if we messed around in school, the teacher would give us a bit of a whooping. You can't even do that now. Yeah? Those, those <laughs> things don't exist in school anymore. Anyway. I can remember being in the headmaster's office a few times thinking, oh no, I'm going to get thrashed here. <laughs> and, and even then I'd apologise and talk my way out of it. But it wasn't really, really bad. But it was just a bit more tougher and a bit more gritty. And my, my dad and my mum split up when I was um, six years old. And I stayed with my dad for a couple of years. He still, he still went out and did his work and he was busy. So I spent a lot of time on my own. So from a young age, I learned to become self-sufficient. And I think that I had to grow up quite fast. But in boxing, you're on your own when you're in that ring. And um, boxing was something my dad did as a kid and then going through I mean I don't want to go on too much about my dad but he was in Morton or Ballstall then he spent a couple of years in Lincoln Prison just for some silly little crimes he did yeah. nothing nothing major but I can remember visiting my dad in prison when I was three years old wow but boxing really gave me um, a place to go and my coach at the time Ray Rindris and Dale McPhilbin the two different coaches they was like father figures to me 
yeah. and they installed a sense of discipline and, and respect for my elders into me from a very young age in that club. And it gave me a, somewhere, I felt like I was at home when I walked in the Phoenix Amateur Boxing Club. I felt like it was a place where I could go and just relax, enjoy myself, be myself and have my friends and older people above me that I looked up to and respected. And um, I absolutely loved it. I think it's, I think it's great. But um, yeah, boxing is very much a working class sport. There's a boxing gym in virtually every every city I know. Every village, most places have a boxing gym. The fantastic places to go and really, really good for the kids of today. I think the kids of today and some of the youth of today, especially the late teenagers that are a bit lost and don't quite know what to do with themselves. Yeah. If they went down to a boxing club and found a place where they can enjoy and try and get fit, they'll get so many benefits out of it. No. I find at most schools, if any kid does boxing, it's instant respect from the other school children, boys and girls. I think that's that's the case because, you know, people think, oh, he's a boxer, he can fight. I don't want to mess with him. There's just that. But to be honest, I never really got involved in any serious altercations or fights at school. One, because I had a big brother, but two, because I was so small and, and skinny, I, I, I could talk my way out of it. But I think I never looked for trouble. I never caused trouble. I never, never wanted to be in trouble with the teachers. And I think, you know, having a coach who's older than you and telling you what to do, doing your press-ups, doing your sit-ups. And they say, right, get your boxing gloves on, get your gum shield. They're telling you orders. They're not saying, can you get it, please? And can you do this politely? They're telling you to just do it. Matter of fact, and you get on with it because you respect your orders and you have to because it's your coach. And if you take that, that respect and that, you know, that authority that's above you into school, into any walk of life as a child, then you just, have, you just have respect for your teachers. And I think a lot of that now, when you look at schools, I think there's no respect at all. I'm not saying every single school and every single pupil and student, that, but the stories I read now and the way schools are now, yeah. you would not have got away with that in my day, let me tell you. you. You would not misbehave and you wouldn't do some of the things and say and speak to some of the teachers the way they get spoken to now in my day. And I think there's a lot of that missing now because... Uh, there's a lot of kids that don't want to get involved in, in group activities and, and sports and integrate. They just want to do their own thing and maybe get involved in gangs. And um, if we go down there, I mean, we don't want to talk about going down the gang route, but it happens a lot. And unfortunately, it's, it's always a, an unhappy ending. Mm, so for you, boxing is really, uh, as much as it is the, the, the physical prowess, it's the discipline that it gives as well. 100% and the mindset, the mindset with the discipline. When I, I came out of boxing at 15 years old because my mum got a pub in Newark. So I, was, I lived in pubs from the age of 15 right up to about the age of 24, 25. And um, I came out of the sport for four years. So from 15 to 19, at 19 years old, I came back to Nottingham to study at Clarendon College. And I walked back into the Phoenix Boxing Club just to get fit, just to get my fitness back because I was so unfit driving around in my car and I was on the motorbike and I wasn't doing any physical activity at all. And I can remember when my tyre burst on my car and I had, to, I had to jog back to my house to get my brother to come and help me out. And I was so tired. Jogging back, I thought, I've only, I've only been jogging for about a mile. <laughs> and I was like absolutely gasping for air, wheezing. And I thought, I've got to get fit. It was like an awakening for me. So that's when I started going back down the boxing gym. And um, yeah, that's where my second phase of my boxing career began. After having to run back and realise that I was totally out of shape. I was so unfit. I did something stupid for a couple of years and smoked. So I had lungs full of like whatever it was. I was wheezing. I was unfit, unhealthy. And I ended up being an, an elite level athlete, boxing for England and then became a world champion. Uh. So the human body is an amazing machine and you can heal, can regenerate new cells and become cured from certain things you do. But... You know, if you're going to take it serious, like with any sport, no drinking, no smoking, 
clean eating mm. and having the mindset of a champion, even if you're not a champion, even if you, you don't, nobody thinks you can be a champion, just pretend you're going to be champion. Fake it till you make it. That's what I say. Just give off that persona, give off that aura that, you know what, I'm going to do this. Mm. And um, I think the most important thing with anything you do is enjoyment. If you're not enjoying something, whatever you're doing, whether you're sat in office doing work or you're playing football, or you decide to go down boxing, if it's not enjoyable, you probably won't succeed. You probably won't excel in that. So find something you enjoy doing. Stick with it. Chanel? It's an incredibly tough sport. It's glamorous and brings lots of rewards. But to physically go in the ring and take punches, I believe it's pretty brutal. And you believe right. It is very brutal. <laughs> and there's nothing glamorous about boxing unless you become world champion. And then, you know, success brings big paydays. So you earn good money, but then you've got to be clever with your money because you can soon waste it. And, um, you know... For me, it was never about the fame and the glamour. It was all about the love for the sport and the desire to want to win world titles. But, I mean, people who don't box and watch fighters fight each other and punch each other, they don't understand or they can't get their head around, why would you want to get in the ring and get punched in the face? Well, believe me, I think that now. I look back at my fights. It is a brutal sport, but when you do something from when you're a child and you, you're sort of accustomed to it, and it's a slow progression. I never go in the ring or never went into the ring thinking, I'm going to get punched in the face and it's going to hurt. Never, ever thought that because I used to get in the ring and try and land my shots to score my points because it was always point scoring in the amateurs. The gloves are a bit bigger. You've got head guards on. Yeah. You don't get hit that often when you're quite good. My nose don't always look like this, though. My nose is quite straight <laughs> now. My nose was all over the place when I finished boxing. I've had surgery. But... I did used to get hit, but getting hit is part of the sport. And when you're in that moment and your adrenaline, your fuel of adrenaline and excitement and you're boxing and you're in the moment, you don't feel pain. Trust me, it's, you might get a little nick in your head. You might get a, a bit of a bleeding nose or a big lip, but it's nothing worse than what my big brother used to give me anyway. Um, and I think a lot of fighters come from a bit of a rough background, which I spoke about earlier. So, But I totally understand that people who don't fight and don't box look at that and think that is brutal. But... I did it from when I was a kid. did it from when I was eight years old. So anything you do from when you're a child, you can do without a problem at all. Now, when you did win the world title, I mean, you had your, your rocky moment, if you think about it, in that sense. Was that that moment of realisation? You thought, you know what? Wow, a lot of sacrifice has gone into this and look where yeah. I am now. You're right. When I boxed Jean Pascal in December 2008 in Nottingham in front of my home crowd for the WBC world title, the title yeah. that Muhammad Ali had and title that Mike Tyson had yeah. I had one of them the green and gold belt and that's when I suppose I did realize to myself I'm world champion wow this is amazing but uh, it just shows if you if you work hard enough and dedicate yourself and with anything in life yeah. most things are achievable we're all human beings we've all got we've all got different attributes and different natural strengths yeah. and weaknesses but um, if you focus your mind on something and, and work at it hard enough and long enough usually usually you get there Wonderful way to end it, actually. Really, really nice. But do stay with us because I definitely know you have got a challenge. Sports Squad Challenge. You know what? Now I'm retired and I like to keep myself fit, but I can't do what I used to be able to do. It was like three sets of 10 as a, as a nice start. And, and the exercise I've got for you is a press up, simple as that, and a sit up or crunch. And anybody can do this. You know, anybody can do it. And if you can't do a press up because it's too difficult... You can do press-ups on your knees instead of on your feet. So you can, you can Google that and see how you do that. But you get in the press-up position, almost like the plank position, and just go onto your knees instead of onto your, onto your balls of your feet. And um, all I want from you is 10 press-ups. 
and then straight into 10 sit-ups. And I want three sets of that. No more than a minute rest between each set. Wow. And most, let me tell you something. 10 sit-ups, 10 push-ups. I've got three kids. I've got a nine-year-old boy, Rocco, seven-year-old daughter, Natalia, and I've got a four-year-old daughter, Penelope. She does 10 sit-ups and 10 push-ups. And she's not on her knees, my four-year-old girl. So <laughs> if, if a four-year-old daughter can do it, then I'm sure you can do it. Look, Carl Frotch, thank you so much for joining us. This has been an absolute pleasure. Really lovely to hear your story and very inspiring the journey you've been through. So thanks so much for joining us on Sports Squad. No, listen, pleasure. I enjoy it. I really have really enjoyed the chat and um, it's inspirational what you guys are doing as well. So thanks for having me on. The World of Sports Squad. Okay, so Chanel, it's time for the World of Sports News. What have you been looking at this week? First, let me ask you two things which might seem totally unconnected, but are actually right. related. How much do you weigh and have you ever watched Game of Thrones? Look, those are two very personal questions. How much do I weigh? I think I weigh about 13 stone, which is about 83 kilograms, and I've watched Game of Thrones never. I've never really seen it. Yeah, neither have I, don't worry. I was going to read the book, but they're very long, so I don't think I have patience. <laughs> so what you got for me? Well, Game of Thrones actor and strongman Half Thor Bjornsson, he plays Mountain by the way, has set a new world record in weightlifting. It's for the deadlift. He lifted 501 kilograms, over half a metric tonne, over 1,100 pounds at a gym in Iceland. 501 kilograms, that's absolutely unbelievable. It's insane. It is nearly six and a half times your body weight. The weight of a polar bear or a camel, 500 bags of sugar. It's fair to say he could do Carl Froch's press-up challenge pretty easily. No wonder they call him the mountain. Now, you know what? I've actually seen that clip. And it also looks like his head is literally about to explode. The veins are literally popping out of his neck. I can't imagine. 500 kilograms is so much. Honestly, I carried a 10 kilogram watermelon the other day and I literally felt it was just such an effort. I love how you measure the weight of your watermelons. And on that bombshell, that's all we have time for on today's show. It's goodbye from Chanel. Bye. And goodbye from me. Bye-bye. Sports Squad is brought to you with the support of the Audio Content Fund. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoy the programme, please review us and rate us as well. Catch you next time. I'm James Stewart. And in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. (laughs) This is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.